Welcome to Good Enough Creative, a podcast for creative people. Again, and welcome to part two of our conversation about being fearless in our art. This is another bonus episode for premium subscribers. Thank you so much for your support. So yesterday in the bonus episode, we talked about how to recognize some of the ways that fear can keep us stuck and that it doesn't always look like we think it does. It looks like procrastination or indecision, perfectionism, or just telling ourselves that we're not really interested in it anyway. And we talk about how we can't control how other people will respond to what we create. Rejection is always a possibility. But today, I want to shift our focus away from how fear holds us back, and I want to talk about how we move forward anyway in spite of it. I don't think you ever completely overcome every aspect of fear when it comes to putting yourself out there. I think the level of fear changes. We get braver, but I don't think it totally goes away. We just learn how to recognize it and work around it. So how do we as creative people having this human experience, how do we keep going when there's no certainty about the outcome? How do we decide that fear is not the boss of us and just do it anyway? Well, I have a few ideas. Today, I want to share eight baby steps for fearless creativity. Step one, start out for yourself. Anytime we need a certain reaction from someone else to validate what we're doing, we're at risk of being disappointed. Before you make art for anyone else, make it for yourself. Do you love it? Do you enjoy the process? Do you look forward to the time you spend doing it? Then awesome. You're already one step closer to fearless creativity. When you begin with your own goals and your own love of the process, you can steer clear of what's coming from the outside because trust me, it'll come, but you're not doing it for them. You're doing it for you. Step two, forget about the outcome. I think we are inundated with messages that it's the outcome that matters, but when it comes to creativity, I disagree. What would it look like if it didn't matter how it turned out? What would that feel like if you could just let yourself enjoy the process? Is the time wasted if the end result is a flop or was it still a joy to spend that time experimenting or learning or improving your skills? Step three, change the goal. Instead of aiming for perfection or measuring your success on any given project by something outside of yourself, let the goal be to enjoy the process. I've tried a lot of different creative hobbies over the years, and the times when I've allowed myself just to be new and messy and imperfect, those have been my favorite. Obviously, my goal is to eventually get good at it, but if I can't enjoy the process before I'm good, then how will I have the desire to keep going? Step four, make it fun. Look, we have plenty of unpleasant and stressful things to deal with in life. That's inevitable, but don't let art be one of them. How can you make the process a little more fun? Step five, make it bite-size. One of my favorite art challenges that someone gave to themselves years ago, I cannot remember anything about the artist. I just remember they made these little tiny postage stamp size paintings every single day. I think they did it for a year. And frankly, a tiny painting still sounds like a challenge to me, but it sure beats the overwhelm of a large blank page or a large canvas. So when it comes to something you want to create, but you know you can be prone to overwhelm, can you just make it smaller? 
Can you give yourself a fun challenge to do just 30 minutes a day or try one new technique a month or start with a smaller size project? Step six, make the time and be consistent. Showing up for yourself means making it a priority. And sometimes the longer we stay away from something, the more intimidating it can get. So find a time, keep it manageable, but schedule that time and then be consistent with it. Whether it's once a week or a little bit every day, making it a consistent practice will help you overcome the fears that might otherwise hold you back. Step seven, find a buddy. If you are lucky enough to have a friend who understands your creative journey, sharing what you're working on with them can be a safe first step to putting yourself out there. It's hard to go from working in isolation to suddenly thrusting your idea out into the public, but having a friend or friends to connect with along the way can really help. I've mentioned before that I've been learning to watercolor, and I feel like I've managed to fully step into the fun of it without having to put pressure on myself to be any good but I'm still having a hard time making space for it in my day or in my week. So I called on a friend. She's a legit artist, but even she struggles to make time for it. And even though her skills are light years ahead of mine, I know that she struggles with her own fear and self-doubt too. So when I heard her say that she's having a hard time making space for painting in her life, I saw an opportunity for both of us. We're meeting up in the morning for a paint session. And I'll tell you what, I know there's a part of me that can get really freaked out about the idea of a professional artist looking at my very imperfect newbie watercolor skills. So I'm using these baby steps for fearless creativity to stay in the right mindset. I recognize that I'm doing it for myself and that I know I need the practice. I can also accept that the outcome, at least right now, is not going to look very much like I want it to, and I can accept that. My goal is to have fun, to make it manageable, and just help make space for it. If you have someone in your life that you can share your journey with, they can help be an accountability buddy too. Step eight, practice being vulnerable. So you probably know that I'm a knitwear designer, among other things, and if you've never done anything like that, let me tell you what it's like. It's the ultimate creative, vulnerable experience. No different, in my mind, than having an art show at a local gallery. It's coming up with an idea, spending 100 hours producing it, testing, editing, photography, all of that, and then putting it out for the public. When I first started doing this, even the littlest bit of negative or indifferent feedback was really painful. I was used to doing work for myself or those closest to me, so putting something out to the public, like on the chopping block, was a very different experience. I would lay awake at night thinking about the person who posted that she would have liked it if it had been a different color, or the one who said, ew, that looks like spider webs," or the emails that said, hey, I found a mistake, you're wrong. I know this sounds like a small thing. I've tried to explain it to my husband, but he's not online at all, so he doesn't understand anything about what the eyes of hundreds or thousands of people can feel like on your work. He makes a gorgeous cedar birdhouse, and he shows it to us and the neighbors, and we all love it. But if we were to put it online to sell it, suddenly there would be a lot of opinions, and some of those opinions can be crushing. But here's what I've learned about this. Negative opinions won't kill you. And over time, those voices will get a little easier to ignore. Whether it's a large audience online or a close circle of people in your life, whether you're dyeing yarn or making candles or learning to paint or knitting your first sweater, being creative often means being vulnerable. And the more you do it, the easier it will get, I promise. Thank you for being on this creative journey with me. I love sharing it with you, and I hope you feel encouraged to push through the doubts that hold you back so that you can live your best creative life. 
Until next time, my friend, you've got this. 